Hello, and welcome to the Reach or Miss Show, the podcast for the customer-focused entrepreneur, where Hayut Yogev speaks with entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs about reaching or missing the critical point of approaching the right customer with the right message at the right time and place. The point where business success starts. And here is your host, Hayut Yogev. Rich or Miss, episode 95. Robin Colner is an acclaimed digital and social media marketing strategist, university educator, corporate trainer, and MBA graduate of Wharton School. After working for Fortune 100 companies, Robin founded Digistar Media, a digital and social media marketing agency. Digistar is dedicated to helping businesses and professionals leverage social media and digital marketing to engage prospects, attract new clients, amplify the impact of advertising and public relations campaigns, and implement successful integrated marketing programs. Robin is also the founder and director of Fordham University's Digital and Social Media Certificate Program and the instructor for the social media marketing classes offered by the Fordham's Gabelli School of Business. Robin Kolner, what a pleasure to have you here. Hi. Hello, hello from New York. This is a great pleasure because actually I must say that I think it's the first time that I really interview somebody who is more than a colleague, who is a friend as well. We met at the social media marketing world like four years ago and Robin is doing great things with entrepreneurs. It's so great that you are here today. So hi, I'm very happy to have you here. I feel the same way. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, I just shared with our listeners what you have done until now. And I would like to ask you to share with us what are you doing and most passionate about today and where are you heading? I am running, as you know, a digital and social media marketing firm, Digistar Media, digital and social media strategy and training firm. And when you're in this field, you can't help but be passionate about it because I believe that everybody needs to have a foundation of information about this. There are many people in business today that feel that it's something they don't want to pay attention to, or they want to give to a young person to pay attention to, or they wish they didn't have to pay attention to it, or they're overly hyped about it. So what I like to do is make sure everybody from age 20 to 120 (laughs) be capable of understanding how they can leverage the channels without feeling that they're losing their privacy, that someone is learning too much about them, with, but, but being able to use them to reach their goals, whether it's a business goal or even a personal goal or getting known or getting more visible or following their own passions and finding people that they can build a community with. So I'm able to do this every day in every way because I work in so many different areas. I'm able to do this where I'm able to work with many people in business in my college class that I run, or it's a postgraduate uh, certificate program, also in the workshops that I run for companies and in the private consulting that I do, is I'm able to then take everybody and make them feel that they're not left behind, even if they don't have a good background in technology. Robin, I think that what you're actually saying or telling us, and I think it's very important, that's why I, I want to emphasize it for a minute, you're actually saying 
you must understand that this social media and the digital media, it's not like an advertisement used to be. Everyone should really know that. Everyone should be part of it. You can't just leave it to your advertisement department and leave it behind you. And if you're an entrepreneur, and we'll talk about them in a minute, you're especially, you have to know that and to become known to use it. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Right now, everybody has a digital footprint, whether they realize it or not. And I know you've had many guests on that have talked about the concept of personal branding, which is really personal slash professional branding. Sure. We are a brand that we create online. And it's critical for everyone, especially the younger generations who are going to be working and being hired, often based on how well they have expressed themselves in these digital channels about their expertise. And so whether you're in a, a corporation and want to do something more entrepreneurial, or whether you've just built a new business, You really need to, before you want to approach people, you need to have some kind of a reputation. And the more that you pay attention to that, the earlier in your career, the better off you are. I definitely agree. And actually, I think it's a great opportunity because we didn't have it before. Everyone can have a footprint. Everyone can build their reputation. It's great. It's great. It feels a little overwhelming at first, but I, I often provide people with, uh, you know, instructions and templates for how to spend maybe just 10 minutes of your day building that brand and, and, and continuing to reach out to build relationships. The other part of, of social and digital marketing, which is critical, is that interpersonal aspect, which people often overlook. It's really helpful for maintaining relationships as well. People overlook the fact that social media is predominantly a relationship building tool. And the exciting thing is that, for example, you and I may have met several years ago, but we've maintained a professional and a, fr- a personal friendship virtually. Right. That's right. Well, that That's- is what never could happen so easily before. That's right. That's right. And tell me, tell us a bit about how did you start with this social media and the digital age? Because you weren't both there and neither do I. So when did you start to focus on this part of marketing? Well, here's the exciting part. I was in marketing for 17 years, working for Fortune 100 companies, inventing products. They were financial service products. So I worked for the likes of American Express and Citicorp. And often they were products that had to be delivered through technology and they had to be explained to consumers. They were consumer financial products. So it was taking something complicated and explaining it to consumers in a, in a direct response method. And the, the interesting thing is, is that that form of marketing, while heavily used by financial service companies, was not the exciting part of marketing to the outside world. They believed in television <laughs> right. advertising, print advertising. In today's right. marketplace... The, the methodology behind direct response marketing, test and measure, call to action, is exactly what internet marketing is. So I was a natural magnet for someone like me to go into the business early on. And I had an opportunity to work with an early stage media company who were developing web properties for the baby boomer generation in the early wow. days, in 2006, 2007. So I was able to get an incredible background in what I call Web 1.0, search engine marketing, affiliate marketing. And then right as the social platforms were opening themselves up to businesses, which was around 2008, 2009, we um, 
the people I was working for said to me, Robin, get us on this, start blogging, figure out how to get a presence on Facebook and Twitter. And this yes. was at the early, early days. And let us know what you think. And I said, look, I think that this is going to be huge. Maybe not for boomers at the beginning, but certainly for the rest of the world. So we were successful. The, the, the 2008 financial recession hit. We were able to sell our site to a firm that was interested in accumulating these sites for baby boomers. And I instantly started to take classes again. Now, I had an MBA that I got in the 80s, but I hadn't been in a classroom in a long time. So I said, I need to get well-versed in the next phase. And that's what I did. I took classes at NYU. They ended up building a digital marketing certificate program while I was there. And I was in the room with the head of digital from Macy's and a lot of these companies because we were all learning the new phone penetration in this kind in the U.S., was only at about 16%. And it was all the investment bankers with their Blackberries. Okay? You can't imagine, not everyone had a smartphone <laughs> no. in their pocket in that days. I was learning mobile and social media. The fun thing is that the teacher I had for social media is now teaching in my program. He's teaching search engine marketing. I'm teaching the mm -hmm. social media stuff. So it was an exciting time to be there. When I got out, I realized that I, you know, I needed to find a niche because I was a little older and not going to be necessarily hired by ad agencies. I was out of my 20s and 30s. And therefore, I said, let me look at the market, just like sure. an entrepreneur would do. Let me see where sure. there is a need that's not being met. And that need that I discovered were the business owners that were over the age of 45 that were just beginning to understand how to get their websites developed. And they hadn't even thought about this stuff and they, they were totally overwhelmed. And I said, I'm perfect for that because I know the world they're coming from and I can help them along without it being intimidating. And that's when I set up my program. And then after that, I was able to, you know, had all these ideas for how I wanted to run classes as well. And I can share that with you later. You are working today with entrepreneurs as well. Yes, in many forms. And, you know, there's, it's funny because all business today needs to have an entrepreneurial uh, uh, right. you know, concept behind them in yeah. order to stay current. How you plan for innovation and how you structure it in a company is, is clearly important. So I'm able to work with entrepreneurs. I do a lot of speaking and a lot of workshops for entrepreneurial organizations, j just out of the goodness of my heart, kind of, so to speak. Uh, because I want them to realize the power of building a community and visibility early in their stages so that when they go looking for both money and partnerships and, and marketing opportunities, they're not an unknown right. quantity. Okay. Um, and the other area that I'm doing this in is in my classes. They'll attend my classes that I, I built a program at Fordham University, and it's designed to help everybody in business understand the foundation they need in all aspects of digital and social media marketing so they know how to hire properly, manage vendors, create the right kind of uh, budgets and environment and strategy. What would be your best advice to entrepreneurs regarding their customer approach and customer focus on marketing and sales? What should they know? What should they do? What is your best advice to them? Entrepreneurial companies, you're usually born out of a need identified by its founder for a certain product, right. service, or technological solution. So it's best for a business to test its assumptions with the possible customers or clients to validate their proof of concept. Too often, companies spend time and resources 
developing a product that's really in search of a customer. That's right. Right? So, you know, what I call an unsuccessful venture. Now, in the technology space, I get calls every day from platforms because they, they want me to use their platform. There are th- hundreds and thousands of them that are built. <laughs> Little better mousetraps, we'll call them, right? Have the marketing know, you know, know-how or muscle or money behind them to be the ones that, that people actually use because we still live in a world where people want to use the, the known quantities, the platforms right. that other people recommend, that they've heard right. about at conferences, that they've heard about in forums with their peers. And so it, you know, it's important to always yeah. focus on the customer. I'll give you an example. Uh, one of my earliest clients was a company that offered both in-person and online courses for event planners, because there is okay. no real structured way to become sure. an event planner, but it's a very popular field. The marketing material they had was focused on all the technical descriptions of the course material and not on the benefits offered to their potential students. So when we added live testimonials that came right from people after they were in, you know, right where they were in the in-person events, from the event planning students, the number of students that they that actually enrolled after that increased dramatically. Then I used this model when I created my own digital and social media professional certificate program for Fordham, you know, many, you know, as I said, many uh, 14 semesters ago, because many of the schools developed these esoteric digital marketing master's programs and they didn't, they're not training the students in the practical skills necessary for business. I went directly to the companies and asked them what skills they were looking for. What did they need? What were they lacking? That's how I structured the curriculum for the program. Wow. And uh, so actually you are saying focus on your customer and see what they really need. I want to ask you, you've been working with customers for many years and I uh, know that you've got a lot of successes and we'll get to that in a minute. But I want to ask you what was your biggest, most critical failure with customers, the one that affected your entrepreneurial journey the most? I would say that it actually had to start, it started with misreading one of my hires. Okay. Um, okay. I hired a young person to work directly with the client, thinking that she had a background related, it was a client in the, in the exercise space, okay. you know, fitness and exercise. And she had a background in that. She was a, you know, a gym rat and, and, and was really good at social media. And because I was building my business and I was so busy, I was building the program at Fordham and the business at the same time, I let her run with it without necessarily having a clear outline of accountability, reporting, check-in. She went along her merry way and we had several meetings with the client. The client was happy. And then I let her go and go with it without paying as much attention as I had initially. She decided that She wanted to work with bigger clients with bigger budgets and just kind of stopped doing everything without telling the client and without telling me. And she stopped during a holiday and I discovered it when I was away on the holiday, right? And I thought, here is a lesson learned. Never, when when entrepreneurs start a business, you want to hire people that have skill sets that might be, that that complement yours, might not be exactly like yours. But- you have to remember to structure a delegation process right. in the right way. That while it's easy when you're overwhelmed and have you know 80 hours worth of work to do in 24 or 12, you really need to make sure that before you let a team member go with it, that there is a clear understanding of the expectations, the performance standards, the goals, 
And then there is a process for a regular check-in. Right. I love that example. And I'm going to say that that process will prove valuable in all stages of a company's growth. Because generally, the people that you start off with when you first build a business are not the people that are going to carry you through later on. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And I think that a lot of entrepreneurs, you had a chance to work in other companies before and Fortune yeah. 100 companies before. But many entrepreneurs didn't have a chance to manage people before and to recruit people before and to be a manager. Sometimes they were a manager of you know the development team, but not by themselves. So I think this is one of the challenges how to choose them and how to manage them while we ourselves just started this business. So I think it's a very uh, relevant point that you're pointing out. You know, it's so relevant because we're living at a time now where so many young people are much more attracted to working at smaller startups than in working with large companies. And even if they're at a large company, they're so anxious to progress in their career. And most people get hired for their skills initially. But then in order to feel that they're progressing, they get promoted to running a team. And you nowhere know, in the process of their education or in their actual experience That's have right. they learned how to be a leader, not just a, their aspect of being a boss. So I actually have some exciting news that I'll share with you at the end where I'm, I'm working on um, training people in this area as well. It's leadership training for managers because it's an incredibly relevant and valuable skill set that no one is necessarily born with. They're born with charisma. They're born with, you know, um, an ability to have empathy and enthusiasm, but they don't know the nuances of the processes that are important to help them build the, the, the it's a combination of people and process. Um, and, right. and, you know, it's, it's logical that they're not, people don't know that. And it's critical to moving into a growth phase for a business. So are you going to have an online course or a physical course? What is it going to be? I'm is working with companies. It's actually physical there are classes that are working directly with corporations and teams of people at corporations. I'm doing it in conjunction with a with a big company wow. with Dale Carnegie. Um, and uh, and it's very, very exciting because uh, they're in yeah. ninety seven countries and um and the curriculum yeah. is is so spot on. and it's so related to this whole area of how do you build that that sense of having everybody on the same page, basically. Great. It sounds great. Now I would like to ask you to share with us the story of your greatest, most significant success as a result of the right customer focus or something that you did right about approaching your customers. Right. I actually work with a lot of B2B or what we call service provider companies that may be providing a service to clients as opposed to, or to customers as opposed yeah. to products, let's say. Simply for lots of reasons. One is that I come from a background in that area. I understand regulatory regulated businesses such as financial services and accounting and things like that. So I had a great success because clients generally come to me by, the, by, by knocking on my door or calling me up or emailing me and saying, I need help with social mm. media. And in fact, they need help with marketing, with a whole integrated marketing approach. The social media can't be developed until you do everything else. So I'm really... And a, a marketing concierge. Mm. So a client came to me and said, help me get into the digital age. I really need social media. Social media, I'm going from a wholesale model to a retail model. But it was a business services yeah. company. 
The business was, is a company that, that provides thought leadership expertise to investment advisors that need very complex information and advice on structuring corporate pension funds. So this client was taking their business from a wholesale model, which was one whole company was supporting them and then they're going to pull the support and they had to kind of create this now a subscription model and sell it to individual registered investment advisors, the ability to call their desk. So and rather than just jump in and, and provide them with all kinds of LinkedIn strategies and advertising campaigns, I pulled yeah. back and I said, no, wait yeah. a minute. Let's take an integrated solution approach. Let's start with branding, positioning, researching your target personas, because there was you know, they didn't really know that much. They, they had data about their customers, but they needed to really make that data be final. I like look at it and say, who are these people that we really sure. need to reach? They're going to be new sure. people. It's not just everybody we worked with before because we have a whole new model. They need a website redesign, yeah. but you can't just jump into a website redesign unless you know your customer because you need sure. to speak in the language of sure. the customer. So I took a look at the email marketing automation, create database modifications, new sales and public relations materials. And it was all with a focus on transitioning away from financial jargon, which these people were so comfortable using, to customer-centric language that highlighted mm -hmm. benefits, not just the technical you know, descriptions of what they're offering. So by starting with this approach, ultimately the social marketing efforts, which happened months later, were much more effective and it turned into a much longer type of a relationship, a retainer relationship. And I was able to have greater success by implementing a complete digital transformation over time in what I call a less threatening step-by-step -step fashion. If I had you know, started off with, oh my God, we gotta do this, we gotta do these 50 things, the client would have you know, gone running. So now yeah. what I learned from that was how to then take that approach and be able to increase what I can offer in terms of services to clients. So I'm giving you a model of this, not in a product way, but in what I call a productization of services. A lot of, especially entrepreneurs, but not only, don't really want marketing, but they do want and understand that they must use right. uh, social media. So, so through this, uh, you know, through this uh, uh, small piece of of, uh, uh, of need of social media, you can take them to the real, um, to the real uh, uh, way of marketing their company and put these personas that they need, and and it's very beautiful to do that because a lot of people when they come to them, what they do is only social media or uh, or advertisement, and then uh, everything is running, but they are not taking them to better understand the customers and to do it all right. So I really love this example. When you start with the customer, the next step after that, in come in terms of mapping what needs to be done, is really the whole wheel of activity. It's all got to be integrated. Social media is great at amplifying what you're doing in other channels. And in the past, companies, both large and small, have been structured to have these individual functions be siloed in individual areas. Just the way the accounting and financial structure and human resources and all of that. And as a, an entrepreneurial business grows, it generally grows by building these silos as opposed to saying, all of this has to work together. Yeah. Can you recommend the best, most effective technological or digital tool 
that's related to customer focus marketing or sales. However, I'm not looking for the last shiniest tool in the endless list. I'm looking for something that really works for you or you know that really works for your clients that our listeners can use themselves. Well, you know, the answer has about several hundred answers and it all depends upon, I broke this answer down into three parts, okay? Okay, great. Sales concept is really a CRM concept, a customer relationship management tools. Yeah. And you know that, that our, our universe has tools that are most sophisticated, such as a Salesforce or a Microsoft Dynamics, but a lot of companies don't have the money or, and they're very complex to use. But what really is necessary is to start off with something very basic, something like that's called pipeline, for example, is yeah. a product that might cost $20 a month, but make sure that you can have your technology team integrate it with LinkedIn. Well, LinkedIn's integration through their API is successful is that when you're talking about sales, and, and certainly I'm sure you've had guests talking about account-based management and account-based selling, where you're, you're, you're really focusing on the individual needs of an individual. Yeah. But what happens in, in selling technology platforms and selling services to companies is the ability to map that journey of the customer. The customer doesn't make a decision by pressing a button and buying a pair of boots online, right? It's a, it's a longer term sale. And so the, the, the type of technological tools that are necessary are the ones that are going to help you keep in touch with constantly reconnecting with a customer with more content, with yeah. more valuable added content. So there are tools that, that need to remind you about this, that need to help you create the content, and that need to help you stay in touch with, with a whole broad array of customers that might take longer to make decisions. So then when you move out of the sales side to the marketing side, the point is to actually capture data about website visitors or about people that have downloaded content that you've put out there, whether it's dem you know, ask for de demonstrations or ask for case studies or ask for checklists or um, white papers or things of that sort. And those range from the HubSpots of the world to and the Marketos to things like an Infusionsoft, anything that can help you capture the lead, recognize whether it's good or bad, and then be able to respond back to them with additional information. Yes. And the third bucket of customer-centric tools has to do with what I call social media listening. And that is the process of monitoring digital conversations to understand what customers are saying about your product or company. And that's usually not in its entry phase. That's if it's, if you're an entrepreneur and you're just building a, a business, you need to find out what customers are saying about your competitors and about products or problems associated with it. You know, was it, was an, did an Uber talk to people about what they hated about taxis and limousines and not being able to find a taxi at the right time in the right place. So those social listening tools range from the, the inexpensive, such as the Hootsuite, where you're able to monitor keywords, to the Buzzsumos, which is one that I think many of your, your guests probably also mentioned, to something called Mention. Yeah. It's Twitter-centric. If you're looking for media opportunities or bloggers, Brand Watch and Social Mention. Decision is also a, a popular tool used by the PR industry for social monitoring. That's great. And... Um... You know, there are many factors that affect 
anyone's success and uh, but I do believe that every manager and every successful person has the one factor that really helped them win and I want to ask you what it is for you what is your key success factor <laughs> you know I don't have one answer <laughs> <laughs> all right so I call it ABS which is always be selling Now, I don't mean that in a snake oil salesman way. I mean it always being um, attuned to opportunities that will help for partnerships, referrals, helping somebody introduce you to somebody. And in order to do that, you yeah. need to be empathetic. You need to get into the headset of who you're speaking to, whether it's a customer or a prospect. You need to be enthusiastic. You need to stay current with your field. And you need to stay around young people. So that's what I, and so all of those wrapped into one is what I call my one answer of how I was successful. Um, and also, you know, I, I was able to be in that mode of stopping chasing the customers, you know, so to speak, because you had that as, a, as something that you like to hear pe people talk about when you develop a level of visibility and recognition. So I was able to do that through hard work, which was writing press you know writing articles for business press on a regular basis having a steady flow of speaking engagements winning an award for women in business all of these things add iteratively iteratively that's a yeah. hard one <laughs> um, to being in that that realm of being known and therefore being someone someone's turns to immediately wow and My final question is uh, my mountain question. As I always imagine this journey of marketing in the mind, trying to take position in the mind of the customer, trying to make the new product or service, first of all, uh, known to, to create the awareness, and then to uh, get people to trust it and use it. And, you know, it's step by step by step. And it's like climbing a mountain and another mountain. And some, uh, somewhere along the way, I started to ask my guests whether they ever climbed the mountain. Okay, it's froze. It did a little bit. Okay, but Just I'm coming back. Some, uh, somewhere along the way, I started to ask my guests whether they ever climbed the mountain or wished to climb a mountain or do they have any relationships with mountains at all? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I love to visit mountains. When I do, I generally get a little lightheaded from the atmosphere. And I think that, that can relate to, you know, the excitement that an entrepreneur feels one day. And then all of a sudden that letdown feeling the next day when news comes in a different way. You know, you get excited when people invite you on shows or talk about your product or right. order it. And then the next day you find there's a problem with delivery or something of that sort. <laughs> That's know, right. Feeling that you get. Um, you know, my mountain is really, is a, on, a, on a personal metaphorical sense, is that everything that I've done in my business has come from a desire that I had early on in life that I didn't actually pursue, which oh. is to be in the communications and television industry as a talk show host. Now, I'm telling you and your audiences, only two other people in the world were ever, ever told this to. <laughs> you know, that ability, you know, and where that comes from isn't so much of I want to be on TV or I want to be a star. It's I love talking to people and learning about their business. 
And that's what makes me excited in the morning because every day I talk to a different person about their business, whether they hire me or not. I actually go through a whole conversation and it's very interesting and I actually provide help to them anyway. Sure. So I find that that whole interactive experience is what must have been subconsciously why I did the business I did and why I keep doing it. And so my mountain is to say, what is the next step that I can take to make sure that I'm constantly having these business conversations that lead to me helping people do a better job at what they do. And that's why I, I hinted about that with you before of how I was expanding not only my the, the social media and digital marketing training that I'm doing, but this concept of leadership training for managers uh, and how I'm in, um, actually getting certified to do that as well with companies because you know, I'm with companies in, in both the New York metropolitan area and outside. And so that's that's exciting, and that's my new mountain. Wow. So it sounds like a mountain that uh, really, <laughs> really worth climbing. Robin, what would be the best way to connect with you to any of our listeners that will want to be in touch? Uh, people can uh, can get me on every social media site. I probably don't check Snapchat as much as I check all the others, but okay. Yeah. Um, my email address is the initial of my first name, which is R for Robin, and my last name, which is Colner, C-O-L-N-E-R, yeah. at my company name, which is at Digistar Media, D-I-G-I-S-T-A-R, media.com. My company name reflects the fact that I make everybody a digital star with stellar campaigns. <laughs> wow. <laughs> When I'm on social media sites on LinkedIn, you can reach me at Robin Kohlner. My business is also there, but Robin Kohlner is pretty much how people reach me on, on LinkedIn. The same is on Instagram, the same is on Facebook, and the same is on, um, on Twitter. So that's great. We're going to have all those links in the show notes of this interview, so it will be easy to find you there. And Robin, I would like to thank you so much. It has been a pleasure. I really enjoyed that. I learned a lot of new things about you. <laughs> and I think you said very important things to our listeners, and you like put a new spot about things that uh, we didn't talk before about. So it was great. I enjoyed it so much. Thank you so much, Robin. Thank you. Uh, my pleasure. Hmm. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. And for you, our listeners, until the next time, it all goes down to this. You either reach or miss. Keep reaching your goals and vision. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Reach or Miss Show, the podcast for the customer-focused entrepreneur. You can find all the information, links, and resources that was mentioned at the show in our website, reachormiss.com. See you next week.